When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here comes pressure, throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. for a first down. Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. Keenan Allen for the touchdowns. Throws and again it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another one. Oh, watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely powerbombed the f*** out of it on national television? You're listening to the Shock Therapy Podcast with Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. Zach, how have we been? It's been a couple weeks since we last podcasted. Um, how's it been, man? It's good. Um, I'm excited. We're football things are happening. Pads are on. Pads are popping. Offenses are taking shape. Defenses are, are taking shape. Um, football season's right around the corner. I'm excited. Chargers, this time... Next week, we're going to be getting ready for the first Chargers preseason game. So I'm excited. It's We finally got out of that sports purgatory, and um, real sports are co- coming back. I, I'm ready for football, man. Who uh, who's Who are they playing the first game? I don't even remember. Rams. The Rams. At Rams. The Rams. So we're going to be Rams. wearing our away jerseys in our home stadium. But it's all right. It's hey, man, I'm cool with it because it's – Football is back. I mean, we're we're in training. What are they calling it? The fans return, whatever. Uh, So I went on Saturday to training camp. Uh, Dude, Quentin Johnson looks so good. He looks, him and Josh Palmer, it's going to be really difficult to figure out what that snap count is going to look like because both of them are making a ton of plays. I mean, Justin Herbert's throwing downfield i justin set for like the mvp season no i i'm so stoked uh especially with that receiving core i think we saw it last year we we heading into the year we thought we were so deep so talented so versatile which we, I, I thought we were um and then having those injuries to the top of the depth chart with keenan and mike williams just in and out of the lineups you saw that you really can't have too many good receivers um, and Josh Palmer really took his time and and excelled with those snaps he was getting, but you can't have too many. And now you got four really, really versatile guys, which will allow you to kind of just play to their strengths. I, I can't wait to see this offense come together, especially with, with all these with, with this new revamped uh, receiver core we have. I mean, so it's been a it's been a few weeks. It feels like it's been a little while. 
Justin Herbert signed a five-year, $262 million contract to make him the highest-paid player in the NFL uh, in terms of annual average, $52.5 million. And it doesn't start until after his fifth-year contract. So he's under contract till 2029. We are going to have some crazy battles between him and Patrick Mahomes for the next decade. It's it's so cool to see him get that money. I, we were talking about you know him going over that $50 million benchmark uh, and we got our guys. So like, I'm stoked about that. I don't want to bring up too much old stuff, but got to touch on it. Uh, and dude, like I can't think of a, a player more deserving, uh, super, super, just, he's the, the epitome of what you want in a quarterback in terms of size, arm strength, character off the field, uh, maturity, like he's got it all. And now he's being surrounded with probably the best, core of skill position players he'll have throughout the rest of his career because it's insane to have these four wide receivers. Jalen Guyton might not even make the roster. Uh, we got guys like John Hightower going to make it really hard for him coming back from injury. Um, we've got speed with Darius Davis. I'm, you know, I, I know we wanted to do a episode on just kind of the, uh, the Chargers roster. I think that's still coming right now. I, I think we got a lot to talk about in training camp. But uh, what do you think about Justin Herbert getting that massive deal? And I, what do you, what, what is the, the ceiling of what this could be for, for this season? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. What is the second part of that question? So, like, what is Justin Herbert's ceiling with this skill position group, with uh, the offensive line, with Kellen Moore? Yeah, I think for first the the contract the contract is huge. Uh, Are we like that record breaking season? Are, are we back on? We're back on track. You hear me now? We're a little late, but what what I'm going to say, um, the the contract is huge. That 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 is a a major step one in in what Staley ha, has is wanting to build here, which is a culture. And you can only build culture from a foundation, a strong foundation. And to have that in the NFL, you you need a superstar quarterback held on a long-term contract. And so that was the first step to start revamping and, and re-adding pieces as, as we see fit. I think that first step this year was adding another element to this receiving core that we were missing. We got a guy who can take the ball from the backfield from five yards past the line of scrimmage, plus, you know, a hundred yards down from the line of scrimmage. Um, a guy who can take the ball and make plays which we were missing last year. We had a lot of versatile guys, a very versatile running back, some some injuries to the tight end group, but I think they're coming back healthy. I think they bring a lot of versatility too to this game. And then you got four really, really versatile guys on the top of your receiving core with the Darius Davis. And I think that sixth receiver, whoever it ends up being, um, is going to have some chances to make some plays because with Kellen Moore coming in, I think that was the biggest – addition that this team has made um we had a top 10 scoring offense last year 22 and a half points we we threw up 27 points in a half in a playoff game and we absolutely melted but that that's not easy Kellen Moore is going to be able to take this team from a top the hopes is that he's going to be able to take this team from a top 10 scoring offense to top five so we're competing with the Kansas City Chiefs the Bills the Bengals um we want to be in, in, in that threshold, not be middle of the year 
really good offense. Top 10 is nothing to slouch on. Give me to like that 25, 26 points a game. Um, and now we're cooking with Greece, and I'm excited to see this thing all, all unfold. And, you know, I think what you're going to see is a more balanced offense. I thought that the Chargers yes. offense last year, while it was, you know, getting yards, it was scoring points, it was very inconsistent, right? Like how many times did we go four and out to start a game? Like that was such a, a bad <laughs> Bad thing to have, and you're going to have Justin Herbert having a running game, which is going to be paramount to, to help supplement and, and really open things downfield. I think a lot of the reason we weren't really able to push the ball downfield isn't that we didn't have the players. I mean, Josh Palmer can go deep, right? Um, Mike Williams is probably one of the best jump ball specialists in the deep part of the field. But when defenses are just sitting back, it's a lot harder to take those shots deep. When you're forcing the defense to play the run to, to load the box, that really is what opens up the deep part of the field. And when you're throwing 50 times a game, it's really hard to, to, to get into those types of rhythms. I mean, you try to supplement it with these short passing concepts, try to lull, lull the defense in, but that's not the way you want to do it. You want you want team with us having a better running game and, and that's going to be paramount to see Isaiah Spiller and Joshua Kelly take those steps forward. Uh, I think that's what opens up the deep part of the field. Well, and there's so much that goes into it, right? For one, yeah, you need a running game. To do that, you need healthy backs. Um, Josh Kelly, I thought, was had a great camp last year, had a great, really start, good start to the season, and then got injured in the middle of the year and couldn't really get back into form. Um, Isaiah Spiller, kind of opposite uh injured through training camp didn't really get a shot got some few snaps in the end of the season and wasn't very productive um also a really big element to that is the offensive line i think we had four really good pieces we had one major weak link um in matt filer and that really kind of brought the whole team down so when you're not able to create holes when you're not able to have a running back who can, you know, get you two, three yards when you need it. Um, that's going to hold you all back. So, for one, I think we got a, a scheme that kind of is going to build to people's strengths and not just a, a one-track kind of mind, like this is what it's going to be, and you just slot people in. Um, I think Kellen Moore, what I mean, I'm hearing, especially from the players speaking up about him, is that he's working around people's strengths. He's trying to get people to do what they're good at, which to me is is what separates a good coach from – a bad coach being able to tweak your scheme. Yeah. So you need to have a scheme, but you need to be able to tweak that around what you, the, the people that are going to be implementing that for you. Um, and so that's what I, I'm, I like this whole concept of simple, simplifying the run game to find something, one concept that we're really good at. You dominate there and then you add pieces on top of it. So I, I love this philosophy. I think this running game is going to be a lot better, especially because we got Josh Kelly coming back with a vengeance who's already been, you know, progressing. And now you got Isaiah Spiller full off season under his belt, full, fully healthy. Um, he's going to definitely get some more snaps and, and I think he deserves them because he, I, I'm excited for that kid. Cause he's a, he's a big guy and I, I want to get him going. Cause I think he'll add another element to that run game that we've been missing for a while too. And he's still only going to be like 22 years old. And I think a kid. lot, of, I think a lot of the other thing that's going to help is just schematically, how the Chargers are going to run the ball. Uh, I've been watching a lot of film from the Cowboys over the, the last season. 
Uh, there's a lot of more like jet sweep types of things mm -hmm. that the Chargers just historically have not been good at. I mean, I can't think of a, a, a I can't think of a time where the Chargers actually ran a jet sweep and it actually worked out the way that it was designed schematically. And there's like two Tra there's like two Travis Benjamin jet sweeps that I can think of, but those are sprinkled in between like twelve really failed attempts at the same thing. So like to your point, yeah, we've tried, but we're not good at it. And I think that with with how he utilized Tony Pollard and and you know using the backs to to create a lot of space and and stretch mm -hmm. the the defenses horizontally is what's going to help kind of do that. Austin Eckler's probably going to take that Tony Pollard role while Joshua Kelly and uh, Isaiah Spiller are taking more of the, the snaps between the tackles. I think it's just going to help them out a lot more schematically and how, like, <laughs> I can't even think of the Chargers really pulling guards or tackles, um, you know, in, in their, their scheme. They just didn't do that. You know, and you look at, like, the Browns, which I, I think that the the – the concepts are very similar from the Cowboys to the Browns rushing attack where they're, you know, doing these G counters and they're pulling a, a guard and tackle from the opposite direction, motioning a, a, a wide receiver from left to right. And then they're pulling right guard, right tackle to the left. And they're creating these rushing lanes and creating all kind of confusion in the backfield. That is going to create huge rushing lanes for the chargers. Uh, and just thinking about well, who we have in place. I don't want Zion or Jamari Sawyer pulling on me. And I know I'm no. I, even if I'm a 250 bad man as a defensive lineman, I don't I don't want that. And then you're talking about a, a both of the guys pulling a Jamari Sawyer, Rayshon Slater tandem. Get out of the way. Nobody nobody voluntarily wants to to take that on. Opposite direction, right? Because uh, Zion's going to be on the left side with with Rayshon. And then that's the other thing is help. Are we right? switching? Oh yeah, no, you're right. Either yeah, way, still, Zion I don't care. Put any combination part. of those guys and Trey Pipkins <laughs> and Sawyer coming the other way. I don't want anything. I don't want any of that. And those are all athletic guys, right? So Trey Pipkins, that's what made him a third round draft pick was his athleticism. So getting guys that can move downfield, um, probably not going to get a Trent Williams type of athleticism in in that pulling game, but you'll definitely get uh, somebody out upfield with you know space to run and that's going to be huge Ricky Rayshon was laying some dudes out though with, with in some space so um I'm happy to see him back healthy and in the fold because we missed that kid desperately last year and I I just love the kid I, I just I'm ready to watch him play some exciting football this year the one thing that does concern me is that Trey Pipkins has been out the last four or five practices uh with you know the knee injury which is you know, not good. And then you also have JC Jackson dealing with some soreness in his knee. The moment that I heard that JC was being evaluated in the medical tent on the practice field for his mess, I was like, oh no, we can't do this. We. They're having it and they're just kind of limiting the, uh, the snaps that he's getting so that he's ready for the season. That is not a good sign if he's got soreness in his knee th at this point. You know, like, we, we need to move past that um, desperately as, as a defense, as a team, as the player. He's got to get over that because he's going to be such a vital part to this defense um, if he's going to be that, that lockdown corner that we 
you know, gave him that huge contract to be. Yeah. Well, I guess a, a, a couple things. Um, first, I, I mean, I'm, I'd rather him have the soreness now than, you know, in four weeks when we need him to play meaningful snaps. Um, also, I'm trying to think of, like, a ruptured patella tendon. I, I can't think of another NFL player who's had it. And I was trying to think back past it. Like, I don't know a single professional athlete in any sport who I've known has dealt with something like this. Like, That's I know you have a career injury. Well, I just, I, I, I feel like, do you... Do you have any knowledge? Like, are there other patella tendon ruptures as from professional athletes who you know who have recovered? Because I don't know the time frame. Like, I don't know. I want to say Marcus Allen did that toward the end of his career, and it ended his career. Like that. That is a brand new knee. Like he's got a a completely new knee, and you know that's just such a difficult injury. Like that's a. That's a career-ending type of injury. The fact that he's even at camp is insane. Um, well, then I guess that's it. That, that's one guy a little while ago, really at the end of his career while JC is in, in his prime. And also medical advancements are, are – they, they make so many medical advancements each and every day. So, like, five years is nothing like now. So, like – Yeah, that's totally different. And Marcus Allen was, like, 25, 30 years ago, right? Like, you're talking about, you know, the old Raiders when they were good. (laughs) Well, and I guess my point is, like, this is – this and in this age with this medicine, it is kind of an unprecedented injury. So, I like like being cautious with him because running him out there with a slightly ruptured patella tendon is going to do nothing for us. We need him as Mr. INT picking off at least seven, eight passes a year. So, I I like him being conservative. I like, you know – putting the, the player safety first. I think we really need to be patient with this situation because yeah. we really, you know, we haven't seen it unfold. We in, rushed in, him back last time. year, right? Like that was a big right, issue right. is that, you know, he, he missed the, the first game. He came back four days later. Um, and it really hurt his confidence. Right. So like, yeah. you know, to play it slow, take him out of all preseason games, uh, let him just kind of run and practice and just kind of strengthen the knee. Cause I think that's all that's he's been making plays, right? Like you, I've, I've, I've seen and read on the athletic from Daniel Popper. He's getting in, maybe not having the camp he did last year. Um, but he needs to really be able to trust that knee and have full confidence in it. Uh, otherwise, I mean, next year, <laughs> you know, do do you do go and take that chance again, right? Like that's right. that's the issue. Is he needs he needs to be healthy, and we we want him to be healthy because the caliber of player that he is, and he was absolutely demolished in the Madden ratings. Like they they dropped him down to like an eighty two, which is ridiculous for a player of his caliber who barely played last year. So you know, for him to go and, and quiet those doubters is going to be huge for him. He just needs to get healthy and. and you know, take that time off and the coaching staff needs to, to really make sure he's ready before he sees the field. Well, and I will say, I guess the, the positive there is in, a, in the, the immediate future, no necess, no, the, the need to rush him back is, is not quite there because we got Michael Vato playing at the best level we've ever seen him play. Um, and Asante Samuel looks insane. Samuel he looks is so good. If you put JC Jackson in here right now, Sam, Samuel's slated as a, a number four. 
uh, like not even a starter in this defense. And he's taking that I think personally. he's over just here right now. Like just here has been making some, some he has the hot hand. But I think uh, I think Jasir is is fourth in that lineup right now because I think Asante looks too good. Him but, and Vato look really, really good. And this is where I'm at, and this is why I like this is why I'm excited about this cornerback room. I think Ja Taylor has the 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 lead on that slot the star the star position, that slot corner, because of his ability to influence the run game. He's he's a bigger DB. Um and he and he's a great tackler. And so I think that's why he has that. And that's really what Zant's weakness is. But Zant is a phenomenal pass coverage DB. And so I I really, right now, right now, and what Zant is, is really good at and thriving at, he's really fit right now to be a really good lockdown corner. So in, like, the immediate future, we have to – we, and having that versatility is key. So we could play Zant wherever he needs, wherever we need the hot hand, and he'll be able to, you know, kind of be able to – withstand these types of injuries to this group so if jc jackson's not ready to go day one i'm very confident in rolling out john at the slot with vato and, and samuel on the outside just based on the plays all three of those guys are making currently in camp and based off of what i've seen from zon i mean he is a tier one zone coverage very smart instinctive type of cornerback he's undersized the tackling is an issue but you look at like him playing zone, like the like, the first play that comes to my mind is a Jaguars game where he uh, he cuts back, right, and he 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 intercepts that ball coming from the opposite direction. That was huge, and he's he becomes such a sneaky player at that at just reading the coverage in front of him and breaking when he needs to break. And it's been a huge huge benefit. I, I, he's a tier one zone corner who's got really really good man upside. But from what I've seen specifically, it's his tendencies in zone and how he just reads and reacts so well. That makes him such a, a – he has to be on the field. You know, even if the issues in the run game don't get fixed because he can tur- make turnovers. I mean, he had like four dropped interceptions. He catches those. Yeah. He's, he's a pro bowler. You know what I mean? He did. He, he dropped a couple easy ones. That, that's right. I this is a, this is, but this is on, you know, goes back to like the, the, the culture thing and what Staley's trying to bring. You can't have too many, especially at certain positions. Give me as many DBs as you can give me. Give me as many receivers as you can give me. Um, there, there, I don't think that you can have too many of, of those particular positions. No, you can't. And I'm really excited to see Ja, ja Taylor. Um, Continued in his development with Dean Leonard looked really good at, at spurts last year as well during training camp. I know like that first game he was picked on quite a bit, but he's 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 always in position, right? And to see him as our number five is not a bad thing at all. Uh to play outside and, and really take that. Plus, like what he did on the special teams unit as that was gunner gonna... was huge. Well, it was such was gonna... a big part. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, finish it. It was such a big part of um uh not JT, what uh JK Scott. Like mm-hmm. no no return yardage. Like what was it total return yards was like twenty-eight or or something like ridiculous like that? Yeah, nobody was returning punts on JK. That's why he was one of the best like statistic 
Thunder last year, uh, and it came out of nowhere. That that cover, well, and now Dean Leonard not really expected to play a whole lot defensively. Now he really gets to go all in on his special teams, you know, skill skill set. I can really see him pushing based on what he did last year. Really see him pushing for one of the best special teams players in the league. Really competing for that special team player of the year award. Um, reminds me of Daryl Stuckey who we never saw him play defensively until like later in his career and we got really bad, but you knew the name Stucky. You didn't see him play on defense, but he made a name for himself. And I, I would love to see uh, Dean Leonard kind of fill himself in that role. Cause this, the secondary is crowded. Go make plays where we need you. And right now I think he's one of the best gunners I, I've seen, you know, since Stucky. It reminds me of uh, Matthew Slater, right? Matthew Slater has been a, a pro bowl uh, special teams tackler for like a decade, right? Like he was so good at that specific role. And we have a player who's developing into that uh, and a player that's not expected to, to play almost at all on defense, but purely just because of how good he is at getting, beating the press on, on punts and getting downfield and forcing those, those uh, fair catches has been such a huge, huge part to the Chargers success on special teams last year uh we got to continue to see what we get in our returners um we really struggled at kick returns with uh uh what's the name of our wide receiver last year who's now with the raiders uh deandre carter deandre carter deandre carter was a phenomenal punt returner but the, the the lack of success that we had i'm really hoping Darius davis is able to to break a couple of those um did you see by chance that the NFL is considering doing the XFL's version of the kickoff where uh, they start off on like the 35 yard line, like to go with, um, you know, players like 10 yards away from each other, basically. And, you know, as soon as the, 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 the kick returner catches the ball, they go so that, you know, the, the, they're much closer to that. So that you don't have these guys flying down full speed, hitting people. Did you see that? No, that that's, being implemented it's being considered um for next as as a potential rule change but basically the defense would start on the opposite side of the field the kicker kicks from the far side of the field over and then as soon as the kick returner catches the ball the the often the offense and defense are only like 10 yards apart from each other when he catches the defense can go and and tackle the ball carrier and that prevents those for one it opens up the special teams because you're going to have these different creases right um and then two it's going to reduce injuries it's being considered uh which i think it would be a great rule change because you still get the the dynamics of the kickoff which is such a, a huge play yeah and and it prevents some of those injuries of players running full speed at each other i i think it could add like it'd be very very different but I see, for one, you're always going to err. I mean, me personally, I'm always going to err on the side of, of player safety because you know, without these guys at their best level, we're, as fans, it, the, 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 the product suffers with these guys being hurt. You know, being, having the best players not healthy is not what we want. Um, but then I also just like the – I feel like it'll be – I don't know. It adds another element. You have to have a legit special teams with something like that. Cause if you have a great return game 
and you can't shut it down, that's going to hurt you. I think it's going to show a little or spread a little more light to that unforgotten phase where I think people, I think casual fans kind of take that, that the special team unit for, for granted when it's literally 33% of the game, you, you win and lose games in special teams. And as charger fans, we know damn well, how a horrible special team unit can, you know, kill a season for you. Um, we've also seen when you get a good special teams unit that it could help you have a, a better season. So, um, I kind of I, I like it. I think it'll it'll be it'll take some time to get adapted to, um, but just like just initial thoughts, I I, I kind of like the idea. Uh, so go ahead and share this screen, uh, and I'll I'll show you what that's going to look like. You might want to turn off the uh, the background here, so it can all be seen. Hold on. So this is, would be the the rule change, and I think it would be huge because it makes it like a, a huge part. So. Here, you see the kicker on the far end over here. Um, he's kicking off from the normal part of the field, but then the defense is starting on the 35-yard line. The offense is starting on the 30-yard line. And then basically, as soon as... Well, that's not actually showing the actual kickoff. Let's see if the actual play is here. Well, it's actually not going to show it, but basically you get the point, right? <laughs> so, so the, you know, they're starting really close and then, um, and then the, as soon as the ball carrier catches is when they're able to move. So no false start. You can go ahead and close this now, but that's, that's the, the idea behind it. I thought it was an actual play, but they're just kind of talking about it. All right. So what else we got to talk about? So, uh, we had a little scuffle between Gerald Everett and Kenneth Murray, which I actually like because it just shows the competitiveness on offense and defense. But one of the players that's being talked about a lot right now is Kenneth Murray. Uh, Kenneth Murray has looked much more comfortable in run defense in camp. You see more playmaking. You've seen the physicality, Staley said, uh, this week on Murray. You've seen the speed that I think you guys have seen at times, but now you're seeing it with a lot more consistency. He's having a very quality camp for us. So it doesn't look like Dion Henley is going to be running away with a, a lot of playing time, especially with the Chargers having those those three linebackers and really only one of them is getting the majority of those snaps. But Kenneth Murray's in a contract year. Uh, he's a player I thought was going to be a defensive player of the year candidate a couple of years ago. Um, we don't got to talk too much about that. But it is good <laughs> to see a player that has all of those tools starting to come together, even if it's only you know four years after the fact. I'll take it if he if he wants to put it all together. I mean, we we drafted him for his athleticism and, and his speed. And at the collegiate level, it was all instinctual. He was able to use that use that athletic ability, get to the ball carrier, make some plays. Um, and I think you saw it. He was just kind of one of those guys who was a little overwhelmed with the pace of the game and the skill that it took to succeed at the next and in the NFL. And so I think things are slowing down for him. He understands the concepts. He understands where he's supposed to be. And so when you can stop, you know, take that out of the equation, when you don't have to think about where you're going to be and you just naturally know where you're supposed to be, then those athletic traits, which Kenneth Murray has in folds, those, those really get to add to your game. And so slowing things down, working with a guy 
like that who has all the athletic world in the ability or in in the world all the athletic ability in the world like you, it takes some patience sometimes i'm glad that we didn't cast him off but now it's it's all in you you got to show us what you got it's going to be limited snaps but you got to make some plays because we we gave up a lot to come get you yeah we don't we have did. a whole we lot of cap space a- we traded a second and a third to go get him, and while we didn't see those immediate returns, I mean, better late than never in, a, in an all-in Show year me. where next year is going to look drastically different. He's not coming back because we're just not going to have the money to bring him back. We drafted Diane Henley to kind of replace him next season. But, um, you know, the, the, the player was so good in college in terms of sideline to sideline ability and chasing ball carriers from behind and making these crazy – uh, acrobatic tackles that just dropping and he's got that talent he's got that speed he just ha- didn't never didn't have the mental to like capitalize on it. and I thought he played really well his rookie year um and for for a rookie uh but it looked like he went kind of backwards with some of the injuries I know he had the shoulder surgery he had another surgery the year after uh and then you know last year finally got a little healthy but just wasn't the same player He's got a lot of potential. Like he's in terms of like those traits that you look at for in a linebacker, mental, physicality, um, speed, uh, the coverage ability hasn't really progressed, but that's not what his role was. We always saw him more as kind of like a spy linebacker and and tracking down quarterbacks that get outside the pocket and really chasing them down and, and, and taking them to the ground. That's what we drafted him for. That's what made him special. We just never saw that come to fruition. And then uh, the last thing I kind of want to talk on before we get into top 100, because I do want to talk a little bit about charges there. Cameron Dicker has been taking every single kick, it seems like. I haven't heard Dustin Hopkins' name once. All of the athletic um, camp uh, uh, reviews for each week that we've gotten from Daniel Popper, it's only been um, Cameron Dicker, and he's been kicking five of six pretty much every single time. So he looks like he is the guy there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Dustin Hopkins ends up um, uh, being released earlier rather than later, trying to help the player, trying to find a, a spot on a on a roster somewhere else. But he looks like the guy, and he's been phenomenal last year for us. This year he's been really good in camp, so it looks like he's got that spot locked. Yeah, that, it looked like they were they were trading – kicks early in camp and i think before we were like putting pads on i saw some dustin hopkins and they were trading off and i don't know if it's like some undisclosed injury it seems i don't think look the the chargers would you know hold that back because it would be you know i don't know it doesn't do them any benefit as a team i feel like it kind of hurts the player because he can't go be truthful and be like hey i'm kind of injured but like keep me on the back burner um I think Cameron Dickin just won this this kicker battle outright. I, I don't think there is a competition. I think Dicker's impressed so much, and they want to give the young kid a shot, which I'm all for. Um, he hasn't let me down yet, so knock on wood, uh, he wants to keep the hot leg. I, I'm all for it. Like, Keep kicking field goals and don't mess up the extra points. That's, that's all I need. So the Chargers uh, Chargers that are in the top 100, uh, number 93 is going to be Eric Kendricks. First charger on the list. Wasn't a charger last year, but he is going to be the team starting Mike linebacker. Uh, he was a longtime Viking nose for his ability as a great zone defender. And overall, just in coverage, his range, communication, smarts, and athleticism 
uh, earned him a spot on the top 100. In 17 games, he had six pass deflections, one fumble recovery. He had a touchdown. He had a sack, 137 tackles, uh, eight tackles for loss, two quarterback hits, five pressures. He was all over the field, has been for a big chunk of his career uh, with the Vikings. And he's coming home. He's a UCLA alum. And I'm already hearing about so much of his leadership capabilities. What do you think is Eric Kendrick's uh, his ceiling coming into this next season? How vital do you think he is going to be replacing Drew Tranquil, replacing Kaiser White of the past, and being that that linebacker that you know has been on uh, such a vital part for the Chargers defense the last two seasons? Well, I I think we're finally going to get a guy who is built for Staley's defense. Um, I don't think with the five DBs, with the five linemen, I think this guy is really, for one, you need to have a captain, which I think he brings that. He has that veteran leadership, and I love Drew. Um, Kendrick's been been around for a little longer. He's seen a little more things. He's a, he's a little more comfortable with how things are supposed to go and how to shut that down coming from you know an offensive standpoint. Um I think with that with that point, just that one guy in that second level of the defense, it's especially in Staley's system, you need a, a, a mean run stuffer, an instinctual run stuffer. And I don't think we've had that. Um he brings you some solid zone coverage. He can he can give you some added value in pass coverage. He's not the guy that Drew Tranquil is or even close to, I think, what Diane Henley can be in coverage, but he's good enough, and I think he's very instinctual. He's going to make the right reads. He's going to be in the right place, and I think he's going to be instrumental to our, our, our ability to stop the run this year. Him and getting Sebastian Joseph Day – um, and, and Austin Johnson and Otito back in the fold. Um, but he is going to be pivotal, and I, I think he, he, he is a necessary addition to this just because of his ability to infect the run game. Yeah, I totally agree, and I, I really think that he's really come onto his own as a run defender. Uh, early in his career, he was really well-known for his coverage ability. I still think he brings a lot of instinctual just being knowing where to be during you know little crossers and stuff and how to, to – to time it, to chase those at the correct time, to be able to get some PBUs. I mean, he had a couple last season. Um, I think he has really come onto his own in run defense, and he just he's he's a bigger backer too, right? Like that's the Chargers have had such small backers for yeah. for the last couple of years. Uh, the last big backer that they had was um, uh, the Me Washington Ray. old man who who came D Ray as well, right? So D Ray was big, but. Toward the end of his career with the Chargers, he didn't play all that that much. Um, but what was the name of the linebacker we brought over? It was like 36 years old from Washington. Uh, the, um, can't think of his name. He was not good. He was a total liability for us. Um, can't year? think of his name. Uh, three or four seasons ago. Um, from the command, like the then the commanders, the yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? It was like uh, 2018 Chargers depth chart. He was a complete liability, but he was really, really good with the commanders, um, you know, prior to that. I'll get it for you here right now in a second. You know it was the commanders? 
Uh, yeah, it was for sure the Commanders. I'll bring it back up, but um, I'll talk about Joey Bosa. So Joey Bosa ended up landing number 70 on the uh, the list. Didn't play a whole lot. I think he made it just for his name alone because he was not one of the top 100 players of last year. And that's what that list is supposed to be. I think you play five games. Even if you dominate those five games, you're not a top 100 player. It doesn't really matter. No. And I don't think he really dominated in those games. I think he was still coming in. Um, he's a player that honestly could push for defensive player of the year just because he's that good. He needs to stay on the field. He needs to to stop making those mental mistakes, the false starts. He's terrible at uh, encroachment, at just jumping a little early. Uh, a good, well, a, a really good pre-snap quarterback is going to get him to jump quite a bit. But I also think he's got a little bit of a hot head when it ha- comes down to those pivotal moments of the game uh, and he draws penalties, um, uh, unsportsmanlike conducts. If he can clean that aspect of it up, and he can play a full season, he, he can be a defensive player of the year candidate because he can take over a game, especially with Khalil Mack on the opposite side. I'm really excited to see Joey Bosa back in the fold, uh, healthy, uh, and see what we can get from what, what really could be like the best year of his career just in terms of he's, he's at that point, right, like 28 years old, healthy, and a complete monster as a pass rusher. <laughs> Were you talking about Anthony Lanier? No, no, I'll bring it up here in a sec. Either way. Um it's talk it's, about Joey for me. It's Bosa time. Um my guys do. We we're talking about him as one of the best pass rushers in the league. I know he's dealt with some some injuries. I know when he has been healthy the last couple of years, he's had no running mate, so he's been triple teamed. We saw him quadruple teamed at times a couple of seasons ago. Um now you got now you got some running mates. You got Khalil Mack on the other side. You got a young, promising guy in in Thule, uh coming out of USC that we drafted in the second round. I'm really excited for him. You got some help interior. I think this is the best help that Joey Bosa's ever had on the interior in his career. It's time to put it together. I, I, I believe in the guy. I believe in the skill set because I see it week in and week out. When healthy, I think he's a disruptor, but it's time to get back to it. It's time to... I, and I, I see these, like, it's all frustration, right? The the uh, roughing the passer, the, you know, what do, what do you call it? Uh, the, what, whatever. The, the, what do you call that? Why am I blanking on a, when, unnecessary? Unnecessary, uh, unnecessary roughness. I, so but I always call it. like conduct. Yeah, the, I always call it unnecessary football by the football player because I think it's yeah. just so uh, – so I, I I put it out of my mind because it's just like, okay, that guy played football too hard. No, uh, um, But those are all frustration penalties. When they're deserved, When those are all frustration penalties, and I get it. The guy has been playing through frustration. He's been playing through injuries. He's been playing with lack of talent around him. No excuses now. Uh, he's healthy. He has guys around him. He has a scheme that he supposedly believes in. It's time to go to play football. He's put on uh, weight. He's uh, heavier. He's the heaviest he's been in a couple seasons, going back to when he was a true D end, and you know the the true three four system, um, and that and he believes that's going to make him better. He thinks it's going. He believes his his strength is being a power rusher, which he didn't really have last year, being a leaner guy. Uh, maybe that infected his you know health. Who knows? But now he's heavier. 
he's been the most productive he's been at that weight. He was also a really, really under um, appreciated run defender at that weight. So I'm excited for Joey. It's time to put it all together, and he's going to be a, a pivotal cog to this this um, machine we're running. Especially if we're going to be good, we, we need him to be good. We need him to be performing. I'm on a twenty sack Sorry. season. When have we seen that? <laughs> we we haven't since Sh- Sean Merriman. I think he was like the last guy who got up in that that number of and he had like seventeen sacks. and a half. So I got the player. Uh, my bad, Carolina. Thomas Davis. I was thinking London Fletcher because London oh, Fletcher yeah. kind of played similar. But no, yeah, uh, he finished think... his career with Washington with because he went and, and yeah. rejoined Ron Rivera. I gotcha. But yeah, Thomas Davis was a monster for like ten so years, slow. and then we got um, we got the the you know the last strand basically of of his career. Uh, played all sixteen games for us. Finished with 112 tackles, but just was a total liability in coverage, uh, and he was exploited. Mm. <laughs> My bad. He had 112, ta- 112 tackles, and 100 of those were 10 yards downfield. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. Uh, next on the list uh, is his running mate, Khalil Mack. Um, he's still a, a threat as a pass rusher. He's really, really good in run defense. He's made the top 100 list seemingly every year except for his one injured season um you know he he really wrecked a lot of havoc for for opposing teams last year and he was pretty much schemed against every single play when it came to you know sliding uh pass protections his direction uh with a healthy joey bosa though and him and khalil mack could really be a, a dominant what we wanted them to be last year uh they just got to be healthy Finished last year with eight sacks, uh, 12 tackles for loss, 50 total tackles. Um, he only missed four tackles last year. I want to see I'm, – I'm scared that we're going to see somewhat of a drop-off because he's at that age where that drop-off starts to hit. But if we are limiting his snaps, getting Thule more involved, and letting him uh, still dominate the total snap share between him and Thule, but – you're you're getting more of a full energy type of uh, role for him, you know, splitting snaps 80, 20, 75, 25 with Thule. That is really going to maximize his effectiveness, keeps him healthy, and you're getting him in key situations, those third and long situations, uh, and even the short situations, right? But you're taking him off the field on maybe like a third and five where you don't know what the defense is going to do, maybe on second downs. Uh, or in just you know certain drives of the game that don't matter as much, I think that's when you're going to get the best out of Khalil Mack. Um, finished number 38, so I, players thought he was still a top 50 player last year, even if the number of sacks didn't show that. I mean, he his first game, he had three sacks against the Raiders. How awesome would it be to, to get a full season of Joey and Khalil? No, I mean, well, and Khalil performed, I think, admirably last year, given how teams were scheming for him, given what he was expecting to be playing with coming into the year, um, and then what he had to deal with with majority of that year having you know having no running mate on the other side of him. Um, he got the same treatment that Joey did before we got Khalil. So having having one pass rusher, it's easy. It's easy for. Even with Khalil, I mean, he made plenty of plays, but it, it you, you saw it at times and at the most crucial times in the games, uh, good offenses had a plan for him 
um, and they made it difficult and they kind of removed him from the game. Having one, you, you're able to do that. Ha- having two guys and Cleo and Joey gets a little more difficult because you can't you really pick. You have to pick, you right? You have to pick. And then if you could insert a third, now that's where you're talking about like the best pass rushers in the league. And you also got some guys who can create pressure from the interior. Now you're talking about, you know, Hall of Fame type of defensive line. So we got the pieces in place. It's all about staying healthy, performing off of each other. I love being able to have Thule to give either one of those guys breaks when they need it because as a pass rusher, you can be impactful with with less snaps than, you know, other positions. It's all about being fresh, and it's all about taking advantage of – you know the moment when you when you when you need to make a play, um, and I think be, having having a full healthy rotation of pass rushers with a guy like Staley, you know, calling the shots, I, I think that's going to make us we're going to be in line to be able to do that more consistently this season. You know, I really think we could get a Demarcus Ware, Von Miller type of season out of our two pass rushers. I'd like love a, to see it. Fifteen each. We're talking about dominant. Yeah, we wanted thirty when last year, and I thought that was doable. 15 each that would be that would be so huge for the defense i can't remember who their third uh edge rusher was but i mean if you were able to get a guy like that to to come in and really just dominate his snaps that would help the entire team i think it was cave um what did we got it's not even showing me who was that extra Arthur, our guy Wolf? last year no, uh, for that Demarcus Ware Von Miller oh. Super Bowl tandem that we had back then, they they had a bunch of guys. They did, and I can't see it. They they that defense was so good, so good. Quentin Jammer in his last season ended up getting a ring there. Robert Ayers, it was Robert Ayers. So if we can get something like that out of uh, out of that team, that would be huge. That would be such a big benefit to to that team. Um, number coming in at number thirty four. Sorry, I'm, I lost track. Thirty two. Justin Herbert. Uh, last year he was uh, forty six. I want to say. I mean, the leader of the Chargers team gets his respect around the league, placing at 32 on a down season, by the way, because he was not at his best last year with with the issues we had in play calling. Um, Arguably, probably his worst season. And his ribs. And his ribs being, you know, mush, basically. But he's got that rocket arm. He's super intelligent, super tough. And he led his team to the playoffs. And while doing so with broken ribs, a labrum tear, poor coaching, a bad defense, and without his top two receiving targets for most of the year, finished 68% of his passes completed, 4,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Of those 10 interceptions, not all of those were his fault. I, I can't think of how many. I want to say like four or five were like tip balls or drop passes that ended up bouncing to the arms of a defender. Five game-winning drives last year. I mean, he is the real deal. 32 on a down season really just shows what he could be. I am expecting a top five season next year when we're talking about this. And, you know, Justin Herbert's raising Lombardi because he is an MVP candidate. He's probably the most talented player in the NFL in terms of just all the measurables, the accuracy. He's right there step for step with um, uh, Patrick Mahomes. 
Uh, I don't think anybody thinks that that's incorrect. Like he can compete with him every step of the way. There's no throw Patrick Mahomes can make that Justin Herbert can't. But there are some throws I think Justin Herbert can make that um, that uh, Mahomes can't. Because I think while Patrick Mahomes has a tier one arm, I think Justin Herbert is just a little bit stronger. Throws a little more zip. Um, I think a lot of the things with the Chiefs is just schematically that helps out Patrick Mahomes so well. And then a lot of the uh, the uh, the off-platform stuff Mahomes does, which makes him truly special. So Justin Herbert finishes number 32. Uh, we got two more players. I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about Derwin James, really the Charger defensive leader, and I think just the team leader overall. Um, what are your expectations for Derwin James this year who came in number 30 on the list? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, we're finally starting to see healthy Derwin, right? And I, I think we've been saying it since our beginning of the pod. Healthy Derwin James is good for football. Um, and he is one of those positionless football players. Put him anywhere. I, I it, it probably won't be as productive, but I could see him winning 30% of his snaps if he played nose tackle. Like, I think he is that good. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right and we don't have to do that because he's so talented at other positions but like my point is the guy is a football player put him out on the field and he's going to make plays and i love having him with a guy like staley who likes to utilize that um we're moving him around uh de- depending on what the game plan calls for what the situation calls for we're going to put J- Darren james in a place to make plays and now we're seeing him healthy we're seeing him surrounded with talent uh in his position group up front um and the linebacker core um you got this culture it's no longer hey what are we doing coach it's more like how do we make us better which you know it takes time so i'm so excited for derwin james i think we're finally starting to work give me a couple derwin james seasons healthy and in a system like this with pieces around him we're going to start getting to what we believed he was going to be is that you know perennial defensive player of the year type of guy. And I, he's not going to get it because of the position he plays, but he, as, as one of those guys who impacts the game from all types of levels, I think he's, he's one of the most impactful uh, defensive players we have in the game. I mean, there's no reason we can't get a, uh, a, a season like uh, Troy Polamalu out of him, right? Like he, he does that every year. I think that what draws uh-huh. him down from that MVP, uh, sorry, that defensive player of the year award is that the Chargers defense just hasn't been good, right? But if you get a, a Chargers defense that finishes in the top five, he's immediately in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Um, he's just, he is so impactful and he plays so many different positions. He plays in the slot. He plays like general linebacker. He plays off the edge. He plays his normal safety spot. Uh, you line him up on tight ends and he takes them away. And he's so physical and he's so aggressive mm. and, that really wins, uh, in my opinion, what wins the Defensive Player of the Year award is physicality. And he is just as physical as, you know, Fred Warner, as any, you know, candidate that's in that, that race. So you see he, it in he our... Just, he impacts... Go ahead. How many how many players in this league uh, powerbomb, have powerbombed uh, Travis Kelsey? We see it every week when we... 250-pound we... Travis Kelsey? Not very How many big. guys do you know? Pick them who, up. Who just power wwe move in a game to one of the best playmakers yeah. in the we've ever seen 
There's not a few. There's not many guys. Slam. I just want to see it's him terrible. just come up on the Red throat, lift somebody up, and just boom. <laughs> I mean, he finished the last season four sacks, 115 tackles, five tackles for loss, five quarterback hits, four sacks, seven pressures, only missed five sacks, and came away with two interceptions. I mean, he does everything. He, <laughs> I mean, if you're getting, you know, 115 tackles as a safety, that that's insane. Like, that's such a, a, well, a benefit to the Chargers defense. And he did all of that stuff, like, out of necessity, right? Because all of those stats are, we weren't putting just Derwin James in the best place for Derwin James. We were putting him in the best place for the team, and we needed to do it out of necessity. So, like, we had no Khalil and no, we, we had no pass rusher outside of Cleo Mack. We have Derwin James edge rushing for us. We're down a, a starting nickel cornerback. Derwin James is taking all of those snaps for us. We're down. We don't have a free safety. He's doing that. Like he was doing everything, filling in for a very injury riddled defense last year. You stay healthy. You guys perform. Now we're putting Derwin James in, in positions that benefit him and his skill set, not just because he's versatile and, and can fill a role. Do you, does that make sense? Like now we're going yeah, to be. Yeah. So you don't want him. him in, you don't want him in position because he has to be in that position to go and right. fill a hole. You want to be able to put him in that position because schematically on this play, it makes sense, exactly. right? You can still put him at all those different positions, but you can float him based off of the game plan, right? You've got, right. A, uh, you've got a, a quarterback who likes to get outside the pocket. And you're putting that as a spy on, you know, third down because Patrick Mahomes is just magic on those downs. He's going to take that away. But instead, you're playing him in the slot or over Travis Kelsey right now because you don't have – you know, a, a player there that can go and fill that role right here, right now. So when you're able to just do it schematically because it makes sense in certain situations and you're not doing it because you have to plug and play, that is where Darren James is going to excel. You know, he can play all those positions, but when you don't need to do it for need, you do it because you want to, because you want to have fun with it, because, you know, the, 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 the tendency, the play calling, the situation, it all makes sense at that point in time. That's where you're going to maximize during James' usage. Absolutely. The last the player on this yeah, list, 21, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler finished in the top 25. Uh, he led his team in touchdowns over the last two seasons, rushing yards, receptions, scrimmage yards, touches last season. Uh, he gets his flowers by being voted the 21st best player in the league, according to the NFL Top 100. Eckler is an immaculate uh, receiving has immaculate receiving ability that couples with his low center of gravity, make him very difficult player to tackle, especially in space. His versatility, toughness, and balance make him one of the most unique and talented runner backs in the entire NFL. Finished last year, 915 yards rushing, 722 yards receiving, 107 catches, second most all-time by back in history. Had five fumbles last year, needs to hold on to the ball. I think two of those came in the same game. Uh, 843 yards after the catch, which is just enormous. Um, that is more than his total receiving yards. That's insane. So to be able to get a player of his caliber for at least one more season in an all-in year, we really have something special. And he's got so much to play for next year because he needs to prove everybody that running backs are worth way more than what they make. And he did that for us the last couple seasons. He's going to do it again this year. Finish it out for me. No, I always love – I love Eckler. Um, it's nice to see 
yeah, it's nice to see that, you know, he's he's valued around the league and by his peers. Um, Pro Bowls only mean so much to me. I, I care about Super Bowls, and if I'm not going to get a Super Bowl, I'm going to settle for an All-Pro like that. That's how I view it up for my players. And Austin Eckler is, is one of the – He's one of the most phenomenal playmakers that we have in this league. If he wanted to play, if he wanted to play slot receiver, he would get the money that he wanted to, and I think he'd be very impactful. Very, I, I, he like reminds me of a elusive Steve Smith, who wasn't a, not not elusive in his own mind, but like a stronger slot receiver. Um, just kind of has that stature. Like I, I don't know. I, I think Austin Eckler's phenomenal. I, I, I get, you know, I don't get people being upset about him speaking up about the running back room, speaking up about the him wanting more money like he deserves it. Like he's a phenomenal football player. Um, and I think he's handled this whole situation like an absolute champ. Yes, he didn't get the money he wanted. He's still here. He's still giving it all for his guys. He's still putting everything he can to bring a championship to this city. And so um, there's there's not there, there's. I can't say enough about Austin Eckler. I love the guy. I love the product he brings to the field. I love the air guitar, um, and I'm ready to see it. And I think it's kind of ominous that um, he drops at 21, which just being the number of the best running back to ever grace the world who just happened to be a Los Angeles Charger, I think that's a, you know one of those poetic kind of things that just I like as, as a sports fan. I think the only player who finished above him was Josh Jacobs. For him to be voted the second best running Number back two. in the NFL and not make an, a Pro Bowl or an All Pro, even though he had those types of seasons, I mean, he's just—he's not massively underrated. He's massively underappreciated, and that's what I think every player knows just how special right. of a player he is. But because he doesn't have the yards on the ground, and because you know the the Chargers are not one of the best um, offensive uh teams in terms of like that production and the play calling and the issues that they had last year with all of that it just shows that players know that he's really really good but um he's just so underappreciated for all of the stuff that he did it's insane it's a it's a disgrace to the player to the position because he is so valuable for us and i'm stoked to get this final season from him because I think he's he's angry and he he's got a lot to play for and he's got a lot to prove and that's just going to benefit us. It's time. Well, and now it's time to get him some him some rest, right? We got the we're talking about the Thule situation for Khalil and and Joey. Uh, I feel like we've been talking about it since we've had Austin Eckler become that that starting running back for us. It, it's time to get him some breaks um with having a legitimate running running back two if not a running back three and letting him be fresh because remember when he could just take a ball 90 yards and wasn't going to get caught at the one yard line from behind um that's all freshness and now not taking anything away from his toughness he wants to be out there i think you just add to the value when you can keep his legs fresh because he, he is just so impressive when you can get the ball in his hands and he's healthy and he's fresh so you All right, add. close us out, Zach. You've got the uh, you got the ability to close us out. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week talking about the Chargers roster and kind of what are our expectations, position group by position group. We'll break down some more of the actual um, 
preseason game because that's going to be next Thursday, I think. So we're we're just getting really close uh, to Chargers football. Next Saturday. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to, to talk about some of these camp battles, which we haven't even had a chance to really break down all that much. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Zach, take us out. Later. Do that again. <laughs>